When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it, because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. I am John Schmelk, joined by Paul Dottino on Lance Metal. The phone number is 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us that way, you certainly can. The Giants announced their initial 53-man roster yesterday, and you saw the waiver claims come down today. The Giants making four additions via waivers. Cornerback Justin Lane, a third-round pick out of Pittsburgh. Offensive lineman Jack Anderson, a 2021 Bills seventh-round pick uh, out of Texas Tech. There's a connection with Joe Shane. And then two other defensive backs, cornerback Nick McLeod, a 2021 Bills undrafted free agent, 6'1", 192 pounds out of Notre Dame, played 22, played 26 snaps for the Bengals last year, pardon me. And by the way, Anderson played 85 snaps for Philly last season. And then Jets safety, Jason Pinnock, 6'2", 200 pounds, the Jets' fifth-round pick in 2021. He played 311 snaps for the Jets last year uh, on all their special teams, including 123 of free safety, 41 in the slot, 38, 38 rather in the box. So those are the four additions. Brian Dable saying... Four of those auditions will be at the cost of three Giants players going to injured reserve, which is something we've talked about the last couple of days. No big surprises here. Shane Lemieux, Ellerson Smith, and Rodarius Williams will be heading to injured reserve. So there is going to be a fourth player involved there. Unless I miss something, Paul, we don't know who that fourth player no, is No, we yet. do not. So we'll figure that out. And then, uh, based on who is at practice today, we have a pretty decent feeling about who the practice squad is, too. Uh, and we'll get to that now. Let's talk about this first. Uh, Lance, you weren't on yesterday. Paul and I were. So why don't we go to you first. Your thoughts on the four waiver claims from the Giants. Well, there wasn't a lot of depth in the secondary when they made the initial 53. So I don't think it's surprising that three of the four claims were with respect to the defensive backfield. The only thing, though, to piggyback off of what you were saying is that keep in mind with the exception of Jason Pinnock a lot of these guys barely played on the defensive side of the ball throughout their NFL careers thus far Justin Lane he's been in the league for three years 
really all special teams. 11% of the defensive snaps in 2020, just 2% last year with Pittsburgh. Lance, he has 142 snaps as an outside cornerback in three years. Not a lot. Yeah, I mean, not a lot at all. And Nick McLeod, who obviously was an undrafted rookie in 2021, who spent time on the Bills practice squad more so than anything else last season, clearly he's going to be limited because he wasn't in regular season action. So what those guys can do whether it be immediately or in the long term over the course of this season, I think remains to be seen because, once again, you don't have a lot to operate with based on how they have performed on the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. I think of all the guys, Pinnock is somebody that could step in and probably make an immediate impact because the Jets utilized him a lot. You read the breakdown of his snap counts. He clearly was a valued player in the Jets' secondary So I think that's the guy I would expect in the first quarter of the season. Maybe we could actually see him do something on the defensive side of the ball compared to those two other corners. And just to Lance's point, he mentioned there was very little depth at defensive back on the initial 53. They only kept eight defensive backs, one of which was Rodarius Williams, who hadn't practiced in a month. He got put on IR. Another of which was Dane Belton. He hadn't practiced in three or four weeks. He looks like he could be back. Brian Dable said today he was hopeful that he would be right. ready to go week one regular season. He was at practice today with a red jersey on. Mm-hmm. So you hope he's back. But look, defensive back depth in the NFL, besides offensive line, it's probably the second most position in the league to have good depth at. So the Giants were going to have to add numbers at those spots. What's interesting to me, John, the two of the three defensive backs they picked up today, you mentioned have very few defensive snaps in their pro careers. They are special team specialists. Yeah, Lane had yeah. almost had more special team snap than defensive snaps with Pittsburgh. See, this goes back to something we've discussed over the last week, and I know I've harped on a lot, and that is that philosophy of do you keep a couple of guys on the bottom of the roster who are just special teams gurus? Yeah, I mean, you already have a few of them, though. I, I know, and that's why I'm a bit scared because I'm seeing – Almost too many of those guys well, my guess is who that they, look like they're just heavy special teamers. They must think that these guys can do something on defense, too. They have to. I hope so, because right now... No, they have to. They have to. Right yeah, now... I mean, they don't have a lot of secondary players to begin with. It seems to me they have left themselves so very thin in the defensive backfield that these guys better have something that nobody else has seen in the last couple of years to offer on defense because otherwise this doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, Pinnock did play a lot of defensive snaps last year. As I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about the other two guys. That's fine. I'm yeah. just, just so people understand, he played about 200 defensive snaps last year, Pinnock, yes. which is good. Yeah, he played 201. Yeah, and yeah. Lane and McLeod, to your point, yes, more special teams than, than defense and not a lot of defense. They do fit that size thing that you're looking for from aggressive press corners. Lane 6'2", 192. McLeod 6'1", 192. So they yep. do have that size factor that I think Wink Martindale likes for his outside cornerbacks to be pre- to you know to use press and to be physical and, and those sorts of things. You know, I think the, the other interesting part here, John, is that they're not done. There's more tweaking to be going on in the next couple of days still. Yeah, no tight end action, which I think was a surprise Zero. to all of us. And mm-hmm. I, that's got to be shocking to all of us because... They've got a very unproven tight end room, which, by the way, is small to begin with. <laughs> yeah, only I mean they only listed they got three two, guys. and then, well, they even technically list Myrick as a fullback, but not he's as a, a tight, tight end. end. But he's a tight yeah. end. Yes, that's I mean, correct. come on, yeah. I'm with you on that. It's it's thin, it's thin, mm-hmm. and I, you know, no, I, someone from the someone from the, the I mean, staff had said to me earlier today. You know, we've got more moves coming. And I said, well, I don't doubt that. Well, I, I don't doubt that. I haven't counted it. I'm curious 
how many actually in-game snaps does Tanner Hudson have? Does he have any as a tight end? Uh, if any, it's very few. Let me see. Uh, let's see. He played... Well, you know what? He played... In terms of regular season snaps, he played 169 offensive snaps for the Bucks in 19 and 20. So it's not a lot, but it is some. Some. It's more than the other two guys combined. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. did I say thin? Yes, you did. Well, remember, Bellinger has yet to play one NFL Correct. regular season game. So. And Myrick, I'm just out of curiosity, Myrick played... Uh, Myrick played a little bit last season with the Giants. Yeah, before so he, went he to the played Bengals. something it's, like 100. He has 100 and change snaps worth. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a ton. No, no. So, to me, I'm still thinking the tight end and potentially secondary are still places that you could look for some movement. Yeah, I agree. And uh, more connections here, right? I mentioned a couple of them. Jack Anderson, a former Bills seventh-round pick. So obviously Joe Shane familiar with him, 6'5", 315. He was a Texas Tech kid. I mentioned McLeod, undrafted free agent by the Bills out of Notre Dame. And then who claimed them from the Bills roster? The Philadelphia Eagles. Who was with the Philadelphia Eagles? Brandon Brown. So guys in the building that obviously like McLeod. So yeah. those are the connections you can Well, make I think there. you're referring to Jack Anderson, John, because McLeod went to the Bengals. Oh, and yes. Then, I'm sorry. Yeah, he didn't go to Philadelphia. Yep. Jack no. Anderson went to Philadelphia. Yeah, the lineman. I swapped yeah. those guys. The you're right. Thank yes. you, yeah. Yes. Yes. Correct. yes. 100%. You're right. Um, and then real quickly, the Giants haven't announced their practice squad yet, but we can just tell you who was out on the practice field today because it was open, so that gets reported. That's not a secret. Um, we saw of guys that did not make the 53, and again, this doesn't mean they're on the practice squad. It just means that they were at practice today, but you can means figure, they're signed to something you because can, they can't go on the field unless they've signed paper. You can figure it out. Uh, Davis Webb, Sean Corbin, I'm going position by position here, C.J. Borden, Jalen Moore at wide receiver, Austin Allen at tight end, one of the Giants undrafted free agents along with Corbin, offensive line, Holden and Batica and McGinn, uh, Ryder Anderson, a defensive line, Edge rushers, Quincy Roche and Chuck Wiley, who there's a report out there that the Giants have brought him, and he was not out there on the field. So that's right. just a report. The Giants have not confirmed that. Uh, defensive backs, corners, Darren Evans, Harrison Hand, Zion Gilbert. So the practice squad loaded with corners. And then safeties, Nate Metters and uh, Trenton Thompson. So that's 16. Wiley's the only one that you mentioned that we did not physically see on the practice yes, field. Yes, correct. Everybody and was else also was not out with there. the team previously, too. Yes, correct. He's the only yes. guy. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, uh, going back to this list, uh, again, we don't know some of the machinations and some of the particulars here, so I don't necessarily want to go too deep into it other than to say uh, I was very pleased to see Webb, Roche, and Corbin all make it back into the building in one capacity or another. A lot of people are tweeting about Alex Bachman. Apparently, he has decided to see if he can find greener pastures elsewhere. That doesn't mean the door is closed on him. He could still find his way back here. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, the three guys who I really wanted to see return are back on campus, and, and I'm very happy about that. Well, normally what happens is most teams bring back players that know the system. It seems to be the most practical maneuver because, if God forbid, you got to call up a guy early in the season – you at least know, okay, he's been with you throughout the course of the spring and the summer. The other thing that's important to note is, which is what Paul was alluding to, the practice squad is just as fluid as the regular roster. They can get rid of guys on the practice squad and fill their spots elsewhere any day of the week. 
throughout the course of the next few weeks. So you're going to see changes there. If you go back to previous seasons, the 16 guys that started on the practice squad at the beginning of the year for the Giants is never the same 16 that ends the season. So they'll surely probably make some changes based on their needs. And here's the other thing. Based on the members of the secondary that they brought back, we figure on the practice squad, you know, maybe they want to take a look at some of these other guys, see what they can maybe do in a practice setting, knowing that they have features that they like. And then, listen, if they don't like what they see, they can always call somebody back up from the practice squad who, once again, already has had game reps with them and knows the system that Wink Martindale runs. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us that way, you certainly can. All right, uh, let's discuss this, guys, as we move ahead here. We have one call on the line, Pierce. Why don't we take this one call? I don't want Ricky to wait. And then we're going to do our defensive over-unders and a couple of questions, too, for the three of us. Jeff has not sent in his answers yet, uh, but I will get those from him, and then we'll take the calls the rest of the way. And also a programming note, too. Tomorrow we'll be live at 3 o'clock, but Friday they've closed the office since at least the people in our department are going to have to work on Monday. Uh, Mr. Mara has been kind enough to close the office on Friday, so we actually get a Labor Day weekend. Uh, sadly, some of us will be working on Friday, too, including me, but <laughs> we, we, we do want to give as many people off as possible. So we're going to pre-record our Friday show on Thursday so uh, we can have a show on Friday, even though we'll not be live. So that'll be a pre-recorded show that we'll post on Friday, um, but it will not be live on Friday afternoon. Just a programming note for you guys. And uh, by the way, also check out the most recent Giants Little podcast that just went up, Warren Sharp. Uh, from Sharp Football joins us to do kind of an analytical look at um, the Giants heading in and kind of previews both the Giants and the NFC East and the NFL season. That was a lot of fun. And then we have our first draft season of the year. That's posting tomorrow, correct, Pearson? Uh, We have Bruce Feldman from Fox Sports and The Athletic joining us talking about his freaks list. And we'll do a very early look at the college football season and some of the main names. And I felt like Jeff Fiegel's on that show, guys. There were some last names that I was butchering because I don't know who any of these guys are. And Bruce Feldman had to correct me. I felt like an idiot. But we're all learning about these players together. So that was a lot of fun. Make sure you check that out posting uh, tomorrow. And then over the weekend, we're going to have a a bonus Giants Huddle podcast. Bob Papa talking to two very important people in the Giants organization. Uh, that'll be fun. So you should check that out. That's going to post, I think, sometime on Saturday. The next Monday, we have our Beat Report Roundtable coming up in the Giants Huddle Podcast. A lot of great content coming your way as we preview the Giants season. Giants season tickets are on sale now for the 2022 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seats starting at just $100. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513, hashtag Giants Chat. All right, let's go to the phones and say hi to Ricky in Long Island. He's up first. Hey, Ricky. Hey, guys. What's going on? What's How up? Doing today? Uh, I wanted to talk about a couple things. I had a question first, if I may relate sort of to what I'm going to ask you guys. But if a guy like uh, like Leatherwood from the Raiders gets gets waived, you have to eat his whole contract if you pick it up? Or yeah. is part of that, like, yeah. paid? The yeah, contract okay. goes with him. Yeah, only if a okay, guy's yeah, released and then you negotiate a new contract does it work where it's fresh. If you claim a guy off waivers, you inherit his deal. 
Yeah, that's, I wasn't sure because it was a first-round pick, so I didn't know if that mattered if, if, if because of the bonuses and the way the guarantees are structured if he had gotten paid some because that, of that fact or not. So that was why I was asking. Yeah, and the Bears claimed Leatherwood, who you're referring to, when he was let go by okay. the Raiders. And yeah. Which, by the way, for a team like oh, hey. the Bears, who are going to be bad this year, I mean, let's, let's just tell it like it is, for them to take a chance on a developing player, you got to pay him, sure. They got money to burn. You basically get a free first-round pick out of the deal, and why not? It makes sense for them. Yeah, if it works out great, if yeah. it doesn't, you move on. Yeah. Well, that's why I wasn't sure. If you weren't going to have to eat that whole first-round contract, that would have been something I would have said maybe the Giants could think about and try to develop them. Um, there's two guys out there. Uh, one was cut, and I'm sure it was for good reason at this point. If you look at who he was, you know, beforehand, that was uh, O.J. Howard. Going to the Bengals. Oh, he signed. He I didn't sign you know, yet. He's scheduled there. for yeah, a physical with them, Cincinnati. Yeah. With the anticipation, okay. according to the Bengals reporters, that he will actually sign there. Okay. The other guy I was thinking about, if uh, and and I know you know some people are all over the place about Aaron Robinson. Uh, let's say in my scenario, he gets torched a couple games in a row, and they're looking for help. There's a guy I've liked for a long time out there right now that I think would be a good veteran they could bring in at corner, and that would be Desmond Trufant. Um You've I been listening that that to this show, player. haven't you? For how uh, many months have yeah, I been touting I, Desmond Trufant? <laughs> yeah, I've heard you, Paulie. That's a guy, you know, especially if you don't think you have, he's a really good corner for a long time, and I think he would pair well with Adore. Here's the problem. Um, Do you have the money? Yeah. yeah. Do you have Here's the, the problem. Yeah, I don't well, know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think his price is going to be more than the minimum, but I don't know what it is. I would also add this to you. If Aaron Robinson gets burned a couple of times in the first two weeks, it will not matter. They will chalk that up as a learning experience for him, and they're going to say it's almost like having a rookie out there He's going to have to go through his growing pains and his bumps and bruises because if he's going to be the outstanding boundary corner that they believe he can be, and quite honestly, I believe it too, he needs to go through those mistakes. He has to go through that. The learning curve is necessary for anybody who is going to be good over the long term. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think um, as far as his build, he's he's built to play boundary corner. He's, what, six foot? Uh, just short of totally. 200 pounds, like a buck ninety. Totally. Um, and and he just he fits the bill. You know what I mean? He's got some things you like, and I I haven't been down on him. Like everybody's preseason, and last year he he it was kind of like under fire. You know what I mean? The guy's got to try to figure it out, and like and, you know it just was what it was. I I think he should be given that that chance. Um, I don't disagree. Um, other than that, I just liked all the other kind of moves they made. I like seeing Corbin and Roche specifically come back to the and Davis Webb. I'll uh, come back to the practice squad. I, I don't know. I guess we're full up. Somebody, it sounds like, maybe claimed Bachman. He's the other guy I would have liked to see come over. Um, or maybe he's not signed and we just didn't bring him back. I don't know. But uh, other than that, yeah, I'm, I got a good feeling. And uh, hopefully here, uh, you know, we get some healthy guys back and we start to look like maybe we, we got something we're putting together here. So um, thanks, guys. Thanks for taking my call. And I'm sure after the uh, first week or two, I'll call you again. Appreciate the call. And I'll just say this about Trufant. Just nine games in 2019 just six games in 2020, and just 10 games last year for two different teams in one start. So He's been hurt, and that's yeah. why he's available. Yeah. And he's over 30. And defensive backs, oh, he's, 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 he just turned 31. Yeah, just turned 31. So that's not ideal. It's the only reason why he could possibly Actually, I take come it back. In. He turns 32 on September 10th. It's the only reason he could come in at a cheap price right. is Correct. because he's got a little age on him and he's got some injury history. He was born one day too late. That's okay.
And also the fact that there hasn't been a lot of interest. So the old story, beggars can't be choosers. If you want to play football and one team is coming calling, then obviously you take their contract. But Well, Lance, I, I'll just it, say this very quickly. The Raiders had a very, very rough secondary last year. And when I say rough, I mean really, oh, yeah. very rough. And they decided not to bring him back. Sure. Well, and that's why it goes back to the health, the durability, the lack thereof in yep. those departments. And also what Paul was getting at, which is, and also if you look at the claims the Giants made, they brought in all young guys, you know, players that have been in the league between 2019 and present day. So if Trufant, if you look at his resume, he doesn't fit that bill. They may just say to themselves, we'd rather develop these young players, see what they're made of, and determine whether or not we want to move forward with them beyond this season, as opposed to you bring in a veteran. For example, you bring in Desmond Trufant. He's not in your long-term plans. No. You're going to use him for this season. So how does that help if Wink Martindale's trying to build the defense? How does that help him beyond this year? I don't see how that's beneficial. Now, I granted, would disagree, Lance, because you can bring a big brother into that room who can be someone like what Leon Hall did. Well, you like have Adoree Jackson, though. You know, Adoree's a veteran, though. I, I understand that. But Adoree, to me, I don't see him as that sage kind of guy. Okay? Uh, Leon Hall was, was, was the type of guy that I'm talking about that I think could help that room. I think Trufant lends himself to that category for a number of reasons. Many years ago, they brought in R.W. McQuarters to do some returning, and he also wound up moving to play safety. But those are the kinds of guys you bring in. Remember they brought in um, um, Sensabaugh was another one of those guys. He didn't work out very well. Gerald or Mike? Which one did they bring in? There was two Geralds. There were two Sensabaugh. There was a Mike and a Gerald. I think it was, no, it was Gerald, Gerald, right? It was Gerald. Yeah, it was Gerald. Yeah, it was Gerald. They yeah. brought him in. Um, you know, that's the kind of guy you bring in because you want that leadership. You want that stability. You want him to be able to play a few snaps if necessary. So I would disagree with you. I, 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 I think they could use that in the room. I also think the franchise was in a completely different spot when those players were brought in, though, keep in mind. Well, in 16, that was a team that absolutely, you know, went to the playoffs. With well, the even with McCorders, who came and in in 06. Obviously, and obviously that, too. I don't disagree with that. The team was in a better position. Well, I'll throw this out there. I think it becomes more of an option if things start going bad. You know, I think you want to, to Lance's point, I think you want to start the young guys and give them a shot, right? See if they can do it. But then if you get to the point where you're like, boy, we can't go through a season like this, then I can see them being like, well, we just got to, you know. Get a, get a patchwork guy. Tourniquet. He would be the tourniquet for the bleeding secondary. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think that's kind of how you would probably. I hate to say it. it to this point, John, and, and you've been out of practice with me too. I don't know that I see enough in these young guys to make me feel like there's more there that we haven't seen. Now, maybe there is. From the guys behind the starters. Correct. No, no, I understand the, 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 the young guys on the depth chart have not exactly impressed. Well, I mean, they didn't keep any of them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I think we've Other been— Other than Cordell Flott. I mean, okay. And he was a third-round pick, so you're not going to let go Hence, of— or, or, Sorry, fourth-round pick. Hence no, why pick. I oh, right. would yeah, turn my, my binoculars to, to a, a stopgap no. veteran. And I— Totally get where you're coming from with that. All right, we're going to do these defensive unders, people, I swear. But now we got two other people on the hold, so I want to make sure we okay. get to them. Oh, well, maybe, well, maybe I'll get to one of them. Let's go to Charlie, uh, John up in Cape Cod. John, what's going on? I, I really teased him there, didn't I? What's up, Johnny? Good afternoon, guys. How you doing? Doing Hi. well. Well, your your projections were almost spot on Ugh. with with the roster. Yeah, I was, could have uh, been better. I, I missed on five or six. I, I was not happy with myself, to be honest with you. 
well, I was very happy, though, that, that Roche ended up going on to the taxi squad. The only, the only thing that disappointed me was <clears throat> that Bachman didn't stick around. But, you know, I'm going to make an educated guess. If he doesn't come back to the Giants, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up signing with the Patriots. I agree with you. Because they're right out there looking for wide receivers. I just want to point out for a second that this guy could have been picked up by any team in the league for the last four years. I know. And it did not happen. People are acting like this guy's Wes Welker. Let's relax. And I like no, Alex Bachman. He's a great dude. I wish him the best. I but, hope he comes But they back could, the they could use a slot guy. Sure. He's, he's, by the way, he's not Wes Welker. He's Damon Amendola. Oh, That's I'm sorry. Who, uh, no, yeah. Danny. 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 Amendola, yes. Well, yeah. well let, me ask, let me ask you a question then. In the past three years, has he ever looked as good as he looked in this preseason? No. And you know what? The Patriots have a real good habit of doing picking up veterans who were supposed to be on the scrap heap, and then they make something well, out of he them. Didn't claim, they didn't claim him? I, I understand that. But he's suggesting if he doesn't right. come back here, that might be a place he would land. I could understand that. No, sure. I get it. I but could my, understand that. My point that, that though, if someone was clamoring them for themselves for some Alex Bachman, he would be on a roster right now. Well, because of the Joe Judge connection, I guess, is what you're referring to. Well, the no, fact I'm just saying because also, he would have been claimed. I mean, he went through No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah, talking yeah. about your point. They're talking oh, about I New gotcha, England. Gotcha. Joe yeah, Judge yeah. is there. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, Judge was here when Bachman was there. But the bottom line is Bachman has been in the league since 2019. So, you're going to tell me that every NFL executive across the board just figured out Alex Bachman is around and alive <laughs> and well? I mean, come on. Seriously? They've had a year on a Sunday to take notice of. John, John, don't mind them. I understand your point. If he's going to go somewhere. <laughs> That would be a logical place you could see it. He's not saying he's going there. He's just saying that that would make some Lance sense. Lance and I have two ends of the wet blanket, and we're just throwing oh, around. No, 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 you're killing the guy. But, but, Paul, I'm not killing Alex Bachman. Yeah. I'm killing no, the logic killing John. of the argument. No, I'm not killing John. No, no, no. I'm killing you, too, by the way. Not just John. I'm killing you, Ed, John and Paul. No, it's, <laughs> the larger point is this is the second phone call we received where there's been some disappointment that Bachman's not back on the practice squad. So the larger point is, well, if Bachman was that impactful, then why haven't we seen more of anything since 2019? And why hasn't another team been aggressively pursuing him, if that's the case? So why is there a fear that if the Giants really wanted him back, he wouldn't be available? That's my point. That's where I'm coming from. Though there is a chance, Lance, that the Giants did offer him a practice squad spot, and he's like, well, you know what? I feel like I've run my course here. Right. I've had sure. my opportunity, and now I want to have my opportunity somewhere else. And that is, and that, and you know what? If I'm Alex Bachman, maybe I do the same thing. Yeah. I don't. Blame but that him. doesn't mean that another team's going to present an opportunity. Also is what I'm getting at. Also true. That so if fair. the Giants maybe do want him back, or he has an interest, they could always all of a sudden reunite down he, the road. He could be here tomorrow. Correct. Who exactly. knows? It's possible. Sure. Two hundred one. Yeah, uh, John, like, you got anything else for me? Yeah. One. One quick thing. I feel like this. The straw that started to drink on that one. Uh, Paul, I, I'm assuming you were at the Meadowlands for the thing that the Eagles continue to call the miracle in the Meadowlands. Yes. Okay. I'm well you aware. I was not in the building at the time, but am I aware of it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I you was were co- there. Too. You were covering the team then, Paul? No, I was not. <laughs> it was a few years but, before me. <laughs> but you know I don't know. Herm Edwards, Paul, I think, spotted you. But, but, but you know something, Paul, and, and the rest of you guys, too. Uh, after looking at that for a couple of days, I always said that was also a miracle in the Meadowlands for the Giants. Because if you remember, within a week, Wellington decided he had had enough of hiring 
ex-ball players out of loyalty and turning them into bad coaches. And that really started the whole Giants turnaround. Within within a couple within a couple of weeks, they got George Young, Perkins, and the whole thing started to come back right. around to where they are now. That so was the turning was, point for the franchise. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. And, and my father and I lived through those 18 years of miserable giant teams. So it was a miracle in the Meadowlands for the Giants, too. Listen, have a good day, guys. Thank you. You too, John. Thanks for the call. Right. Appreciate it, man. 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Uh, let's go back to the phones and say what's up to... All right, Charlie, let's get you out of the way before we do our over-unders. <laughs> go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> hey guys, how y'all doing? Hey, wasn't uh, Perkins a player too? So he was actually a player coach, right? Right, um, Perkins. He was, he'd never played for the Giants. No, no, I mean he was a football player though. Well, he was, but he never played for the Giants. If yeah, that's what I didn't you're getting say he did. No, the last caller said, you know. Well, I think his was, his thinking was. The Giants yeah, had at one point Alex Webster as a head coach. They yeah, had Andy Robustelli as the GM. Yeah, I that's know. where he was going, Charlie. Okay, you're better yeah, than I that. Know. You're better than that. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm just bringing it up. He was a player too. But anyway, I got two things. I got two things. One. Well, thing in fairness, is, Pat Shermer and Joe Judge played football too. If that's your point, a lot of guys have played football. No, I mean pro pro football. He didn't. Judd never played pro. Oh, okay. Well, but you didn't specify that. So I'm just saying a lot of those guys also played football at some point oh. in their careers. Is hey, all you're I off played, the rails, Charlie. I played football, Lance. I played football. Congratulations, right. Charlie. Maybe the Giants should hire you then. What's taking so long? I could long? not be happier. My wife texting me as Charlie called in, and I've been paying attention to what she's saying to me and not Charlie, because it just seems like complete nonsense. It is. Well, okay. Charlie, no, finish it's up. It's always nonsense. Okay. I haven't even started yet. Okay. One thing is, yeah, we I know. Need we can tell. Cap, we need we need cap relief. You know, Shane has got to restructure or extend Leo's contract. We don't have any money to go forward. He has to do that. He's been waiting way too long to do it. He knows he has to do it. I know he doesn't want to do it, but he's got to do it. So just do it. That's all I'm saying. Get it done. All right. So you have some money. Just to make sure that we all understand each other. The fact yeah. of the matter is that renegotiation or extension, which makes pure business sense and is the most logical thing for the Giants to do, does not have to be done until this coming Tuesday. And until they need the money. So the truth of the matter okay. is you could talk all you want, Charlie, about he doesn't want to, he does want to, he should have done it by now. That's a bunch of malarkey. He's got to have it done by <laughs> Tuesday of next week. All right. So right. you can it just button done. that up right That's now and not complain about it anymore. Why is why is Tuesday next week? I wasn't complaining about it. What I, I was missing? bringing it up. That that's that's when the uh, the financials come due. Yeah, he's got to make they it. Gotta, they got to pay no, all if, these guys. It's by Tuesday. In terms of paying who? In terms of practice squad, practice squad everybody. guys, the final fifty three, the practice squad, the injury settlements. Um, the week one, the week one uh, financials that they, have to come they, in. They could have enough money for that, though, even with what they have right now. It's they do. No, 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 no. Right. They have no, they enough. Don't. They've got about they've got about uh, three million or so. They're going to have to wind up paying for injury settlements and practice squad guys. By the time they're done with their fifty-three and they start shuffling, because now they have to count all fifty-three, no fifty-one. Yeah, yeah, fifty-one was leading. Now that yeah. those numbers add up. They're going to be in trouble. No, they're going to be right up against it. Yeah, they're going to be over it. Oh, you actually. think it'll be over? No, they're going to be over it okay. by yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. They got to be under it again. Got it. 
He's so they've right. got to do any deal by Tuesday. Yep. And Leonard yep. Williams is by far the most logical deal to be done. And you can almost say he's that's the right. only guy that's. I would concur. Yeah, he's the most logical. That's yes. what I'm saying. I'm very logical. So see, Charlie, you okay. actually had a good point. You were just a little <laughs> vague in there. Okay, and one more thing. Since we claimed four guys off the waiver wire and we put three guys on the IR, there's one more guy that we have to do something with to get rid of so the other guy can come on. In 25 minutes, that's correct. Yeah, and what I'm hearing is Slayton's either going to be traded if they can do it or a cut. So that's all I got to say. That Just watch for that. Thanks, guys. All right, Charlie. Charlie and his sources. 25 minutes. Yeah, so we will know at the end of the show what have the Giants clear up that final roster Hopefully. spot. Hopefully they'll let us know at 4 o'clock. They don't have to. I well, can, it'll be announced in some capacity, I would I figure. can make a long-running joke about who Charlie's sources are, but I will choose not to do that. Instead, we'll go to our defensive over-unders. <laughs> How does that sound? Well, his sources is basically what he Googles yeah. and whatever comes up, John. I can tell you exactly. We don't need to beat around the bush. Those and, are his sources. And like the crazy okay. guy on the corner in his neighborhood. That that sells him his uh, arnic out of the trunk. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Am I wrong? Oh, no. Oh. His, like, black market lobster dealers up there. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Do they rub the Annika on the lobster no, to test it no, out? No, 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 what, there could be not. some experimentation to make sure that it works effectively. Oh, I guarantee you he has, like, a Kramer friend that, like, goes to the com- – like, gets, like, pulls the lobster tra- lobsters out of the lobster traps when he's not supposed to, and that's how he gets his lobster. Maybe that. And, and yeah. I'm sure that in the backwoods of Maine, they probably have witch doctors and gypsies, too, with all that cream. Don't miss it on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant Games and world-class concerts in 2022 as a Giant Suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com suites for more information. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. (laughs) All right, here we go. Let's do our defensive over-unders. All right, here we go. And this is a little more complicated because you don't know about the injuries with Ojolari and Thibodeau, but we're going to do this anyway. Yeah. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, sacks. Over-under, because of the injury, I'm going to take it down from 8. I'm going to put it at 7.5. Kayvon Thibodeau, sacks, 7.5. Over or under? Paul looks confused, so I'm going to go to Lads first. <laughs> I don't understand what's so confusing. I don't know. Paul, Paul, yeah. Paul has a very odd look on his face. I mean, I could see him finish with maybe eight, eight and a half. So I'll go slightly over. But I don't think he's a lock for double-digit sacks this season. Paul, have you exited your funk? Yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised you uh, you went there and did that. But I do think, you know, from what I understand, he's probably 50-50 for opening day. Now, beyond that, that remains to be seen. I'm going to take a gamble that he will that he will play against Carolina and give the Giants 16 games and go over. All right, I think he's going to be right around 7 or 8. I mean, this is right on the mark for me. So I could be wrong either way, but just to be different, I'm going to go under here. I think sometimes it does take edge rushers some time. And, you know, even going back to when we talked about in the draft process, we thought he had the highest upside of anybody in the class. I, I still believe that. Yeah. But – I have. He's had moments in camp and in preseason games, but I haven't seen that 
like, you know, sometimes you watch a guy and you look, and when we saw it, when Saquon walked on the field for the first time, we saw someone that, as an athlete, was just different. I haven't quite seen that from Thibodeau, his which I get, think... His get-off is different. That we've seen. I'm still going to go under. I'm going to go seven, and on, which is under seven and a half. Yeah, okay. And again, Wink Martindale tends to get his sacks spread out. I know. Sure. A lot yeah. of people, so I'm going to go under here. Aziz Ojolari, and Jeff has not sent in, his, sent in his choices yet. When he does, I'll update our spreadsheet here. Aziz Ojolari, eight sacks. Paul Dottino, over or under? Should I, should I put this to seven and a half, too, because of the injury, since we don't know? What Might as well. Yeah, I don't want ties. Let's put it at seven I mean, and a half. These two guys are kind of tied together, I aren't agree. they? Seven and a half, Paul, over or under? Uh, I'm going to go seven. I'll go under. Okay. Interesting. Lance? I'm going to go under, and I'm pretty much probably going to go under for everybody moving forward here because I'm with the Baltimore thinking where I don't think one guy in particular is going to dominate. I think maybe you get a guy like Thibodeau gets eight and eight and a half, and then I think everybody else comes in under. I'm going to go over, um, and this is risking the injury, I know, but I think from what I've seen in one-on-ones and such, I think Ojolari has been more difficult to block since his return than, than Thibodeau was before he got hurt. I think he has healthier legs at this point. Well, let's that, see. Lance, that's like a great point. Five, six weeks into the season. <laughs> no, you're right. He it, benefits from being on the non-football injury list for a few no, weeks. No, you're right. That, 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 so. that might be fresh legs. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I will still go over here. But, again, I think he's going to be right around eight, too. So these numbers could easily flop. And remember, guys, there could be plays. It depends how quickly quarterbacks get rid of the ball and these guys are getting into the backfield. So a lot of this is going to be luck in terms of numbers. Uh, I'll go Leonard Williams, seven and a half. I'm going to go under here. Just because I think quarterbacks are, because of all the blitzing, are going to try to get rid of the ball very quickly. And I think it's very tough. Uh, spare Clayus Campbell, who did it for defensive tackles in that scheme to, to get over, you know, eight, nine sacks in that Martindale scheme. So I'm going to go under for Leo at seven and a half. But I think he's going to have a wonderful year and, again, have a Pro Bowl caliber season. Lance, how about you? Yeah, I'm going to go under as well. Remember, Matt Judon is the guy that had the most sacks in the four years that Wink Martindale was the defensive coordinator Baltimore. He had nine and a half. Everybody else, no matter what the season was, came in under, and Judon was an edge guy. He wasn't an interior guy that you were referencing. So Leonard, remember, he's never had multiple double-digit sack seasons in his career. He only had that one year with the Giants. We didn't see him do it again last season, so I think he'll come in under. I think you'll see Leonard Williams lining up in much more of a different formation than you've seen him lined up in the past. Uh, I have reason to believe that, and so I'm going over. 201-939-4513. We'll get back to your calls after these over-unders and defensive predictions. Dexter Lawrence sacks. I want to try to keep these all at halves so we don't have any ties. So I'm going to put Dexter. I'll let you make the call here, Pearson. Should I put Dexter Lawrence's over-under at 4.5 or 5.5? 4.5. All right, Dexter Lawrence, 4.5. Pearson has spoken. Let's go to you first, Paulie Dots. Under. Can you give me a reason? Yeah, I just think that uh, <laughs> as the sacks are spread out to all, to all those other guys, you'll see the predominant number of sacks coming from those other three. And even Zimenez may get a few. I just don't think there's enough for Lawrence to, to come up with a bigger number. How about you, Lance? His career high is four. I'm with Paul. I'm going to go under. I also think, remember, guys, secondary players could get a few sacks sure. here or there based on this scheme, and oh, that'll yeah, take we'll away opportunities from the defensive linemen and, you know, linebackers too. For example, I mean, Micah McFadden, if he gets some 
time on the defensive side of the ball as opposed to special teams. I mean, I could see him collecting maybe even more sacks than Dexter Lawrence when it's all said and done. So I'm going to go under here. I'm going to go over. I think Dexter has a bit of a breakout year this year, to be honest with you. And I think he's shown a lot in practice this offseason in terms of pass rush than we've seen in other offseasons. I think he'll have a chance to go one-on-one against centers a little bit more. Because remember, when you remember, usually if a nose tackle gets a one-on-one opportunity versus a center in a typical defense, right? The guard can come over and help and chip, and then the nose tackle gets blown up. But in Wink's scheme, if you're sending enough guys, the guard can't come over to help, which might give Dexter a chance to actually work one-on-one against some centers, and that is going to be bad news for centers, especially, you know, just going to the division. Jason Kelsey's excellent, but Dexter Lawrence probably outweighs him by 60 pounds. So I think that could be an interesting thing to keep an eye on here. So I'm going to go over for Dexter at four and a half. I think he gets five, maybe five and a half. Though it does help you got Jalen Hurts at quarterback if Kelsey can't handle himself. That mobility certainly can help counteract that. Good point. Absolutely. All right, let's go to Blake Martinez over under tackles. We're going to put it at 145. 145. Paul, why don't you go first? I'll go under because I don't think he'll necessarily be on the field as much as he has in the past. You know, this is a guy who basically you can bulk book him for 150 every year, but with fewer snaps, I just don't see it. I'm with you, Paul. I agree. Lance, how about you? Yeah, I'm with the both of you. I do think he's extremely valuable, but it's a little bit of an unknown in terms of how Wink Marnendale is going to utilize him. Also, if you look at preseason snap counts, not that that holds a lot of stock and substance, but you know maybe that's a slight indication that Wink is also sort of experimenting where Blake fits into this equation. Normally, as Paul was referencing, forget the team. Blake's been up there in terms of the NFL leaders so, I mean, he easily could get a buck fifty, assuming he stays healthy without hesitation, but it's going to fluctuate depending on his snap count. So I still think he's set up to have a productive year with whatever snaps he'll get. I just don't know if the volume is going to be as typically high as it normally is. All right, let's go to some questions now. So we're out of the over-under world, and now we're just going to ask some generic questions on defense. We here. should probably give out the Giants have released four players. Oh, I did not see Paul. Go right ahead, please. What do you uh, got for me? Calitro, Garcia, Hudson, and Nick Williams. Calisa, Calitro, Garcia, Garcia, Tanner Hudson, and Nick Williams. Now remember, many of those guys you can bring back. Because remember, you... You can't, and I, I forgot about this, and I should have brought up the last couple shows. Before you can add the players in waivers, you actually you can't do a direct substitution right. for IR for additions. So my guess is that three of those guys, and take a look at which guys have the most years in the league, could be back on veteran contracts because they don't go through waivers, so they just become street-free agents. So you add the new waiver claims, then you put your three guys in injured reserve. Then you bring the three veterans back. So that's probably going to be Nicholas Williams. Max Garcia definitely Max qualifies. Garcia for sure. And I think Calitro. It depends on how many two. games he's played. Yeah. Remember, accrued seasons it, is based on. Time. Yeah. I think it's like six games you got to get in at oh, least yeah, let me each look at season Austin or Calitro. something like that. So I don't know if Austin Calitro's played enough because he's been in the league since 2017. He's been in the league, but you don't necessarily get a full year of credit. Ooh, he's close, Lance. He's How close so is he? 18, he played 16 games. 19, yeah. 13, and 2020, 13 games. In 2021, he played five games. He's listed is as that... a fourth-year experience. So, so he's well, right on the Yeah, vested so veteran is four or more. He's a free agent. 
Yeah, he's so he's a free yeah, agent. He's not a so waiver. He's my a free guess agent. is that those are the three guys they've they've like made verbal agreements with those guys that look, we'll resign you as soon as we make these IR moves. They'll come back. And then this Hudson, I believe, is will be subject to waivers, right? If I I'm believe not mistaken. so. I believe so. So if, again, this I don't know anything. Just based on their contract and their their vested veteran status, my guess is that the three guys that have the four years would be back. Just a guess. Your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's an extremely Unless logical something move. else just happens to drop out of the sky. <laughs> well, right, and but because then you're only down to two tight ends again. Exactly. Well, I mean, the only other option, guys, is you either promote a few from the practice squad. And the Giants, by the way, have officially announced their 15-man practice squad. Well, they've announced 15 of the 16 spots on the practice squad. And I imagine those are the 15 guys that were previously on the roster, correct? Yes. From the uh, list of it, yes. The reports of Wiley coming over from the Ravens uh, at the moment are a tad premature because he's not announced as a signing. Got it. Yeah, he's the only guy that's not in that group. Got it. Perfect. That makes sense. And and that's what we said earlier in the show, too. That was simply based on reports. We're not confirming that. Or we don't have any news that that, in fact, is going to happen. But again, just keep an eye on those veterans that have been in the league for four plus years. They can come back. Um, and we saw other teams around the league do that, too, the last couple of days. I mentioned Logan Ryan with the Bucks. That's what the Bucks did with him. Sure. And the Giants would do, um, li- likely, my guess is that they'll do similar things with these vets. Um, we don't know for sure. Again, that's just me uh, speculating there, but that's what I am. But it happens all the time, happen. John. It's sort of a handshake agreement. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, because the guys want to be here. The team wants them here. So they say, guys, look, we're just going to let you, you go. You know what's funny? And then we're going to bring you back. You'll make the same money. You just, you know, you'll have this little thing on your resume and it'll be fine. What's funny about all of this, John, is that all these little details and all these little paperwork moves and all these little technicalities that are built into how the league does its own business. It's just so messy and so sticky, and it causes a, like, a lot of cutesy behavior and handshake behavior. It would be so simple if they just cleaned it all up and made it easy, but they don't. Well, but, Paul, in fairness, it's I mean, how boring. is it fishy, though? I mean, the bottom line is these no, no, guys are free agents. I said sticky. I didn't say fishy. Oh, I well, said I, sticky. I interpreted it, though, pretty much as you questioning the gray area that no, perhaps no, no. is going it's on. It's just that I, for literally, and Lance— I've been jumping on this first 53 for a long time, many, many years before. Now it's nouveau. Everybody talks about, oh, it's only the first 53. I've been talking about this for over a decade because I caught on to the way that this thing works a long time ago. It, It is so old to me that it becomes a farce. In all honesty, the first 53 is a farce. I don't know. The one thing I don't understand, I don't understand why you can't, Put the guys on IR when you make your waiver claims. It just makes no sense. Well, the other machinations I understand is you have to have an order, right? You can't claim guys on waivers until they get cut. Like, right. You can't change that. That's fine. Yeah. But I don't understand why you can't sub out a guy. Immediately yeah, put the guy that. in ER. That 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 I don't quite understand. It just it just seems like why why are we causing that well, extra layer of problems? That's why you got guys like Kevin Agrams and Ed Triggs here to make sure all that you stuff know. gets. Uh, you and know, then, and then you have these players again, stuff. not chicanery. But players who are like, oh, okay, paperwork move, you're going to cut me today and right. I'm going to resign mm-hmm. tomorrow at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. I mean, <laughs> it just, why not just clean it up? No, no, I hear what you're saying. All right, here we go. What non defensive line or edge player will lead the Giants, will have the most sacks? So, non edge player, non defensive lineman will have the most sacks on the Giants this year. So, inside linebacker or secondary player? Lance, why don't you go first? 
Well, I threw out Micah McFadden's name. It does intrigue me. The million-dollar question is, does he get on the field enough? He fits the profile based on college that I think Wink can really tap into his skill set. So I'm sort of itching to throw him out yeah, go for as it. a like bit it. of a wild card. I like it. Go for I'll, it. I'll go with Micah McFadden. Absolutely. I mean, that's the guy that I've been leaning towards, so why not at this point? Go for it. I'm going to go Darnay Holmes because Wink Martindale loves blitzing off the slot. You know who's going to be in the slot for the Giants this year? Darnay Holmes. So I'm going to go Darnay Holmes. Paul? That's the guy I wanted to go to. So but go since Holmes. You, no, you since, go you, Holmes. since you took him, I don't want to. I thought about taking one of the two safeties. I was debating between Holmes and either McKinney or Love. Oh, I would go Love over McKinney. So would I. So go Love. But That's uh, what I was thinking. As my, I have, Love, Love wants to get to his first full sack. He only has half a sack well, in his career, Do you career, want me to take way, Julian so. Love? So then you can no, have no, no. You took Holmes. You had first dibs. You took him. So I, I'll go Love. I wanted Holmes, but I will go Love. Okay. It's okay. Perfect. All right. Who will lead the Giants in interceptions this year? I'm going to go first because I'm taking the easy one. That's Adrian McKinney. <laughs> yeah, we're, to... we're all going to say that. Well, so I could see Julian Love doing it. I don't think that's impossible. But, it's but not impossible. I think McKinney's the easy one. I agree. Well, I'd be surprised if it's not a safety, given the fact that what Wink's going to ask out of his corners and coverage, I don't think it's just going to allow for a lot of opportunities. So safety, to me, is the most logical maneuver. McKinney was an opportunistic player last season. Though, if Dane Belton's healthy, guys, don't be surprised maybe if he throws his name into the hat. I like it. I like it a little, but... But but you're officially picking McKinney, correct? I'm going to officially pick McKinney, yeah. but it would not surprise me if Dane Belton actually leads the team. All right, who will lead the Giants in pass deflections or pass breakups, depending on what stat service you use? <laughs> I'm going to go with Dory Jackson. I just think he's the best cover corner they got. The question is that will he get targeted enough yeah. to get this stat? That's the tricky part, but I think they will go out of the way to put him on the other team's best wide receiver and other teams will still generally try to go to their best wide receiver, even if the other best cornerback's on them. So I'm going to go with Dory Jackson. See, what you just said goes back to what's happened the last few years with the Giants. James Bradbury was their best corner, and yet he was among the NFL leaders in passes defense every single season. Because he was on the team's best receiver. Correct. Right. Yeah. So, because they still so, targeted him. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike in college, where very often the best corner – just basically is ignored. Oh, it was impossible to find Sauce Gardner targets last year because no one threw at That's him. the way impossible. it works in the NCAA. Yeah. That's not the way it works in the pros. Unless you're Revis okay. Island. That's yes. about it. Oh, yes, correct. All right, so I will go with Jackson also. Yeah, I think Jackson's going to get his fair share of opportunities because I don't think teams are going to shy away from Adoree Jackson. Even if, John, with the way that you said he's their best corner, I'm not disputing that, but let's face it, Adoree is not considered, I think, if you ask most offensive coordinators, a top five corner well, they're or maybe make even a top ten. It, right? yeah. They're yeah. going to make so, him prove it. 100%. So they're going to say, until Adoree elevates himself in that department, why am I going to fear my quarterback going in that direction? Okay, now we got two more questions here. Giants defensive rank in yards per game. So where they're going to rank in the league in yards allowed per game. If you guys would like, I can bring up what their ranking was last year. If you give me a moment, don't you have to make that an over under question? No, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to ask you to give you, but to give you a a specific number. I mean, that's like betting the lottery. Well, it's like price is right. Whoever's closest. (laughs) Okay. 
<laughs> Without going over. <laughs> no, not, you can go over. That's okay. You can go over. Oh. All right, so last year, I love how they put preseason as a filter choice on this. It, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Isn't that funny? Yeah, so, so last year, uh, the Giants came in very respectable, but not great. They came in. Uh, I have 21st. Yes, that's, that's what, what I, I have here. Yeah. Lens, I just brought up my chart. I was yeah. just sorting all my stuff. Well, you were delaying it enough to I allow my document to open. So yes. thank you. No, I want to personally thank you on this program <laughs> for opening the door for me. Thank you. <laughs> NFL yes. Jesus was taking a while to load. <laughs> well, um, thank you to NFL yes, Jesus and exactly. you combined. Yes. Uh, 355 yards per game. That ranked them 21st in the league. The schedule is easier. The defensive scheme is different. I think the Giants' offense will do better, so other teams will be trying to score for more parts of the game and will not be shutting it down later in games, too. So I think that's a factor. How about this? This never happens, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to say they stay exactly the same. I'm going to go 21st. What the heck? Lance? Yeah, I can see them being in the same ballpark. I was actually thinking the same. I was just wondering, should I go under? Should I go over? <laughs> That's what I was sort of debating with myself. I'm going to go slightly back. I'll go with 22nd overall. Okay. Paul? Can I get Johnny Olsen on the phone? <laughs> I'm going no whammy, 16. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. 16. Six, ooh, okay. So big. I do think they'll make a bit of a jump. And I think a, a big part of that's the schedule, obviously. The schedule is just so much it's easier part of with it. the It's part of it. But I also believe that the Giants' offense, being much more efficient, will also have a better time of possession than they've had recently. Okay. I think the Giants scoring more points will also motivate the opponent to try to score more. Understandable. Yeah. Right. And you remember, know. that has no bearing on explosive plays, though, Paul. In fairness, time of possession. You could hit them with that. a home run. That still counts against you yardage-wise. Well, I, again, I, I, I understand that. I also think the Giants will create more turnovers, too. So that, that sure. will also limit more possessions. Look, and the bottom line is, you know, if they're going to make the jump that they need to make this year, they're going to have to be better on both sides of the ball. Yeah. All right, final one here. Uh, Giants, this would be point differential. This is an over-under. So it's at zero. Will the Giants finish with a positive point differential or a negative point oh, that, differential? That, that's all you want. Over-under. That's all I'm looking for. Positive or negative? I'm going to go, I think positive is a big ask. I think they will probably be within 20 points either way. And that would put them probably in that, you know, six to seven win area, which is where I think if you average everything out, that's probably around where they're going to be. For example, the Browns were negative 22 last year. They were eight and nine. The Dolphins were nine, yeah. eight last year. They were minus 32. Yeah. On the other end of the yep. spectrum, uh, the Seahawks were plus 29. They went seven and 10. So that's kind of the area you're looking at. But generally, if you're on the positive side, you're usually at 500 or above. So... I'm going to go below here. I'm going to go negative. Yeah, yeah. I, I could very easily see them finishing something like minus 20, which they could still win. What, and, again, I've, I've been saying this, and I'm going to say it again. I, I don't think it's out of the question that they could win eight or nine games this year. I think that's a reasonable ask, but you could still win eight or nine and be minus 20. Yeah, which is the yeah well yeah. the examples that John threw out. I mean, Cleveland and Miami fall under that category, especially that you're when you're not Paul. in a super strong division, and the NFC East is not a super strong. That's division. right. And the games minus and the games they lose by the way last the, year. The games that they lose this year, or that we would say right now they'd be a heavier underdog if you look at their schedule. Those games could have a higher spread on them than the Giants' victories against some of their weaker opponents. Lance, how about you? 
Yeah, I'm going to go in the negative, too. I would be very surprised if they finish in the positive. I mean, it's possible, once again, that they get in that win total that Paul was referencing. I I think it's going to take a few guys exceeding expectations, but I don't see a team that was minus 158 last season making that significant of a jump. I mean, keep in mind, if they end up where Paul's talking about, minus 22, I mean, do the math, guys. You know, that's a difference of 130-some-odd points we're talking about. No, you're right. Okay? And that's a lot. It's a lot. Regardless of whether or not some of the personnel change and the schemes change. You're right. No no question. All right, let's finish it off with a couple calls here, guys. Let's go to Marty and Manahawk, and he's up next. Marty. Hey, how you doing, John? What up? John, just a quick observation. Uh, Seeing, uh, like, who's getting let go, uh, the Giants must really be pretty high on that Tamon Fox, especially uh, Wink Martindale, because, uh, you know, he's still with the team, and he was our only uh, free agent that we kept for the uh, 53-man roster. Yeah, Marty, one of my last decisions when I did my 53 was Roche or Fox, and I went with Roche because he had a little bit more experience, but I guess they decided that they were more worried they could lose Fox through waivers than Roche, so they decided to keep Fox. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I mean, I, I had Roche and Zimenez staying, and I had people asking me, well, which one's going to go? I'm like, no, you don't understand. I never thought it was a battle between those two guys. I've always thought it was going to wind up being Roche and Fox because, especially to me, once, Zimenez came on. And especially once Ojolari and Thibodeau were hurt, that wasn't the conversation. No, mm-hmm. no, because uh, it's clear that Zimenez has more athleticism as that pure pass rusher off the edge. So, no, the and way he, he came on the last three weeks, he was going to solidify his spot. Yeah, he was consistently ahead of Roche in all the depth charts. Fox, and, too. And I don't mean the published depth charts. I just mean in terms of how and, they use the guys. Right, the, the, way we, mm-hmm. the way we saw practice every day. Right. And, and honestly, you know, Fox had a very hot and cold career at North Carolina in his five-plus years there. If you watch the tape on him, and I talked to a scout who actually watched him as well, his motor ran hot and cold. He's got the tools. I mean, I when we looked at the guys, everybody talked about Corker as like, okay, this is a guy who was draftable. He should be their, their, their sleeper pick. I remember telling you guys during the rookie camp that we had here, I didn't really see enough to make a selection. So I told somebody under my breath, Tomon Fox is the guy who I'm most intrigued about. If I had to pick somebody, he'd be the guy I'd pick. But I can't have a lot of conviction on him this year because – his tape is too hot and cold. He should play better and bigger than what his production has showed. Well, the Giants must have seen enough of flashes, and we did see flashes the last couple of weeks to make them believe there's potential there. So that's why they decided to hang on to him, and I think they thought that Roche would pass through waivers a lot easier than Fox. And he made a heck of a play at the end of the Bengals game in the preseason. That's one of those flashes. That was a tremendous play. I mean, really, a heads-up play, and Wink was extremely impressed with what he did, especially since I believe they sort of, like, drew that up at the last second anyway. So, I mean, the fact that he caught on. To your point, he finished with a number of sacks in his UNC career. I mean, I know Paul's going to go crazy over this, but he was right behind Mr. Taylor in case you're wondering, in yeah. terms of the all-time list. I'm well so, aware okay. of that. No, I know. I'm just, listen, I know you're very sensitive when we bring up LT on this program, so I just wanted to make sure that when I said that, that I was prefacing my comments. I actually, I spoke to Mac Brown for the Giants Huddle Podcast. He, unlike any other coach, of all the coaches that the Giants have brought in undrafted players, he was adamant 
that Fox was going to make the team, and that always okay. stuck with me. So I always felt that there's something about this kid, and I understand Mac Brown's going to support his own. Okay, I'm Thank not you, naive. Marty. I get that. But no other coach went to bat for an undrafted guy the way that Mac Brown did for Taman Fox. So I'm not that surprised at all no. that he's on the 53. It's a good nugget. Good nugget, Lance. Let's go yeah. to Matt in Newark. He will wrap us up today. Hey, Matt. Matt going once. Matt going twice. Matt, you're on the air. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> Bye. I, uh, I know what he was going to say. It's just that the beat reporters are reporting that they're getting uh, Tony Jefferson to the, the safety uh, for the From practice the Ravens. squad. Yeah. Wait, they're putting him on the practice squad? Or let me see. Let me, let me try to find the beat reporter. I mean, there so, is a on. spot, so. Yeah, I know, but I'm surprised Tony Jefferson would accept being on a practice squad. That seems surprising. Why would he do that? Maybe he can't find a job otherwise, but that seems odd. I mean, Dude. it makes sense. He's connections to Wink, right? Oh, yep. sure. Yeah, he was in Baltimore. Yeah, it says Jordan Renan, 20 minutes ago, veteran Tony Jefferson is expected to sign the Giants practice squad pending a physical per source. Jeff Zrebeck first. Veteran Who covers safety the Ravens. Knows, yeah, he covers yep. the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Um Wow. I would be right. If they could figure out a way. If, again, we're not confirming that's true. No idea. Um, but, if, yeah, I mean, if they can. I mean, Tony Jefferson's a good football player. I know he's on the older side. But he's certainly, you know, you talk about trying to get some, you know, veteran leadership in that room. There you go. And, by the way, this is another example of why reports are fluid. Because, remember, Wiley was the guy that was reported to maybe take that 16th spot. And now it looks like it could very well be Jefferson. So, you know, things change. Agents talk to teams and better offers come in. Until they sign on the dotted line and until the team announces it, you can't assume yep. that anything's going to be official. That's, that's another lesson. And that's why we always say reports, and, yep. we, and we, don't, we don't try to get ahead of ourselves here. So, again, we'll see if this happens. It's our Jordan had And, again, Jeff Zrebeck, who covers uh, – the Baltimore Ravens have it. Uh, he, he covers them for The Athletic. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Again, just a programming note, reminder, guys, that we're live tomorrow with three on Thursday. We'll have a pre-recorded show go up on Friday uh, for another Big Blue kickoff live. And then uh, check out our Giants huddles. Warren Sharp, uh, we have draft season coming up tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to Draft Season's podcast feed. It has a separate podcast feed in addition to Giants huddle. Then we'll have a special um, Bob Pop interview with a couple of really important people in this building. Uh, for the New York Football Giants coming up uh, this weekend. And then next week, we'll have our Beat Writer Roundtable coming your way on Monday. For Lance, for Paul, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.